And welcome to another edition of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. My name is Robin Wolpert, and I'm the host for this episode, which is being recorded from the National Conference of Bar Presidents 2022 virtual mid-year meeting. As a national network, NCBP brings together current and past bar leaders from states, metropolitan and infinity bars to share ideas about how to address critical issues facing the legal profession. So I'm thrilled to be here with two guests today, Bree Buchanan, who is the president of the Institute for Wellbeing and Law, and Chris Newbold, also from IWIL. Greetings to you both, Bree and Chris. Thanks, Robin. We're so delighted to be here. Hello, everybody. How about before we get started, why don't you tell me just a little bit about yourself, Bree, um, where you where you live, what you do? Um, I think our viewers and listeners want to hear more about you. Sure. Thanks, Robin. So I um, am currently have the honor of sitting as the board president and acting executive director of the Institute for Wellbeing and Law, which we refer to as IWIL. And I really come at this out of my background with the state bars, the state bar world. I was with the state bar of Texas for 10 years. And during that time, I was with the Lawyers Assistance Program um, and became the director of that. And so my my whole career really has been dedicated to improving the profession and supporting those who are um, really struggling. So that's how I came to this. Then in 2016, a group of bar leaders of national organizations came together concerned about finally having some really solid data that showed that there was a disproportionate effect of behavioral health disorders for members of the profession got together and created the National Task Force on Lawyer Wellbeing. Volunteer group uh, wrote the National Task Force's report on well-being that was published in 2017 and endorsed by the Conference of Chief Justices and then the ABA, and we were off to the races. And um, really, there was so much work to do and so much excitement about this well-being and law of movement that we, uh, let's see, 12 months ago, 13 months ago, created this think tank, the Institute for Wellbeing and Law. So thanks for having me, Robin. Oh, we are thrilled. And also one of our guests is Chris Newbold. Chris, why don't you tell us about your background and what you do and about your commitment to the well-being movement in the United States? Yeah, Robin, uh, Chris Newbold, I live in beautiful uh, Missoula, Montana, uh, and I, my day job is as executive vice president of Alps Malpractice Insurance. Alps is the nation's largest direct writer of lawyers' malpractice insurance. We specialize in small firms and solo practitioners. Uh, so we have a natural business uh, reason, right, for being involved in, but it's really, it's more of a passion of mine that uh, I, I want to see lawyers find happiness from a professional satisfaction perspective in their pursuit of serving clients and serving their communities and serving society. So, you know, it's a, it's a personal issue uh, for me and, and it's been exciting to work with you and Bree in, in pursuit of, of working to make our profession a better profession. 
Well, you know, I was president-elect of the Minnesota State Bar when the National Task Force report um, was being drafted. And then we got the blockbuster studies in 2016 and 2017 um, regarding the state of the profession. And so that's how I got, you know, involved in well-being and leading it um, in Minnesota and now with the National Conference of Bar Presidents, having the opportunity to bring this issue into the forefront for bar leaders across the country. All of us just came out of a plenary from the National Conference of Bar Presidents, and it was called the Well-Being Playing Field. And so what I want to do is focus on some of the things that were of specific interest to our plenary participants. And one was the set of tips that we had identified um, for bar leaders. What can bar leaders do to promote well-being of the profession. And so one of um, our tips was, you know, we talked about building and nurturing a community passionate about well-being. Bree, Chris, um, one, one of you jump in and tell us more about that recommendation. Sure. And so many of the bar, um, state bars, regional and local bars have started to step into the, sp the well-being space and have created committees. And this really creates an opportunity for what I think is probably the, one of the most important things that's facing the bars across the country in the United States right now, and that's the issue, a watchword around relevance and how does your bar association become and maintain its relevance for the everyday lives of the practitioners in your state and the members of your association. And to be able to demonstrate that you have an interest in and care about your lawyers' everyday lives and practice is so important to demonstrating relevance. And it's something that you, I think you can do better than just about any place else in any other way than to create a well-being committee, to invite in the leaders in the space in your state to help um, populate that, Make sure you invite in your young lawyers and, um, and really start looking at what you can do around this within your state or your city or your region. I'll turn it over to you, Chris, for some other ideas. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes without saying that, that the, the more engaged, organized bars work on this issue with intentionality, the, the faster that a culture shift can occur in the profession. And I think uh, that bar associations are uniquely situated uh, to be able to facilitate conversations at the local level, bring leaders together, bring stakeholders together. Uh, and uh, and I, I really do believe that bar leaders who accept this issue as the one that they want to significantly move forward will leave a legacy to their local county, state bar in ways that I think will manifest itself over generations to come. So it's, it's just, a, I think, a kind of a, 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 a target, an opportunity uh, to, and the more that a, a bar leader says, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an important issue. We really got to focus on that. I think you're going to do a great service to the profession. And both of you have mentioned that this effort to build a passionate community within your bar um, devoted to well-being. This is not only something that's you know easy to do um, as a bar leader because you are the voice of your bar 
and you get to do something that basically engages um, members of the bar in a way that perhaps other issues that a bar tackles uh, may not generate such interest. But here, we've got something where well-being is a challenge for every single person in the profession. So you get to touch many people um, who want that kind of passionate leadership on well-being. How about we focus on our newer lawyers? Uh, we One of our recommendations to bar organizations was to whatever well-being work you do, that you should focus on new lawyers. Not only are they most at risk, but they are really the future of the profession and they will probably define what it means to be a healthy lawyer in the future. How can we, Bree and Chris, involve them now and support them as senior bar leaders um, to help them get to define what it's, what's possible for newer lawyers and for all lawyers in the field of well-being? I think that you just have to open up the door and make the space because for them, because this is such a keen interest for the younger generation of lawyers. We're seeing that in you know a study of the most recent study we have, a Summer Associates 2019, and they're saying their number one consideration it is not salary, it is work-life balance. We know from other surveys of this younger generations. Um, that the issues around um, their how they're going to be treated at work, how is their own humanity going to be respected, these are the things that really matter so much to them and is what they are looking for in their jobs and their careers. So we know from the data this is so important. We also know that these younger generations have such higher levels of behavioral health issues, particularly depression and anxiety, than anything that we as a country, a world, has ever seen before. So it's these are issues that are weighing on them. They're forefront of their mind. They're very important. And we also know the younger generations are not in any way hesitant to speak about these issues, to pick them up and deal with them directly. And so I think, um, honestly, creating a space, in particular creating some opportunities for leadership around this within your bar, is a huge win for everybody and will be incredibly popular. Well, another tip that we had, Bree and Chris, um, for our bar leaders was tone at the top that as a bar leader, you get to drive the message as the leader of the organization, not only drive it throughout your organization, but you get to model it um, for others, that you get to embed well-being in everything you do. Chris um, Newbold, do you have any ideas or tips for bar leaders on how they can effectuate that recommendation? Yeah, it's, it's a great question because, you know, in effect, the bar leader has the, the bully pulpit, right? So they have the ability to use the microphone uh, to, to, you know, again, to, to broadcast to the membership that this is an important issue. And I think that there are a lot of uh, real tangible opportunities, whether it be the, the president's message in your bar journal, uh, carving out space uh, in your social media posts uh, to, you know, take that 10 minutes uh, of your day and focus on something uh, about yourself uh, to make you more productive. Uh, thinking about leveraging the bar's communication channels. Uh, during the pandemic, bar associations have become more relevant, in my opinion, because they have a direct connection to their membership. So thinking about how you utilize those channels to be able to advance the well-being cause 
you know, it could be a, a well-being corner of your bar journal. It could be a focus on that in your e-blasts and, and really kind of thinking about, you know, what, what is it that you want to model to your members? Because in, in many respects, they're, they're looking. Uh, and if we model the right things, I think that, uh, we, they, that bar leaders can be really influential in advancing this cause. Well, picking up on that idea, both of you recommend highly that bar leaders engage their members through well-being surveys. So I want to turn it over to you, Bree, first to tell us more about that idea. And then, Chris, I'm going to have you pick it up, too. Sure. I think that the ability to take a snapshot read on the well-being of the lawyers within your uh, jurisdiction, your state or your region can be a really helpful way to engage people in this process of starting to look at and consider how are we faring individually and as as a bar. It also shows that this is a topic that is a priority for you and your association um, and starts to give you some data of what are the pressure points for the lawyers? What are they really concerned about? And also may give you some ideas of what you can do about that in response to what you find. And also, if you have some data and are able to measure some of this, then you can go on and implement some ideas and then come back a few years later and measure it again and see what's working and what's not and continue continue the work in this area. Right. And one of the most important things is to make decisions that are data driven, right? You know, a lot of us have guesses about what things work and what don't, but actually the data help us not only make good decisions, but help us figure out how to revise things. Isn't that right, Chris? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the 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 engagement is 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 certainly one really important element. It's an opportunity for a bar association uh, on that front. The the second is evidence, and I think the third is is it, it's an educational opportunity. When you ask somebody to take a survey, you're going to ask questions that are intentional and ha- and 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 encourage that lawyer to ultimately reflect on their professional satisfaction, on the behaviors. Uh, on their productivity and try to uh, understand a little bit better of whether they're being the best self they can be and whether they're also creating a culture in their firm or their legal employer that gives them a a stronger sense. I I just think it's a win-win-win proposition. During our plenary, we encouraged bar leaders to aim big, to think big, um, to think what's possible for what it means to be a lawyer and how the definition of being a lawyer might change over time. And one of the things that both of you spoke about was advocating for systemic change. In other words, a lot of us think of well-being as focusing on ourselves, like how can I be more well? How can I flourish um, as a lawyer in the profession? But when you're a bar leader, we're talking about things that are often bigger than yourself, that it is important to engage in self-care. But when you're thinking big about how to create a cultural shift in the profession, there may be more systemic things that we need to address. Bree, do you want to address that? Absolutely. And so what the Institute for Wellbeing and Law is really dedicated to is bringing about systemic change. We know that there are so many policies, practices, procedures, and rules that really lie at the heart of a lot of the distress and some of the dysfunction that lawyers are dealing with in the profession. And so if we're going to really make a change in this, 
we can, it cannot only be about you know, um, telling lawyers, I joke about this, telling them to eat their vegetables or eat their kale. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not just about that and about self-improvement. We really, and particularly the bars are so well positioned to do this, is to bring together a group of lawyers, stakeholder leaders of the profession together. Use your capacity and your power as a convener to bring these folks together to really look at what is going on within your jurisdiction and what are the policies, practices, rules, et cetera, that are causing the problems and what do you need to change about that? And that's a big piece of what the Institute is doing and has done over the past six, seven years is helping to create state-by-state task forces that bring together the leaders of the different stakeholder groups, so the legal employers, the law schools, the bar associations, malpractice carriers, laps, judges, et cetera, law schools, to sit down at a table together and have a discussion about what do we need to be doing for our people here in our state so we can really create a thriving profession for everybody um, that is a part of it. And then a couple of examples, Robin, that I think would just be uh, helpful for listeners to to consider, which would be, you know, the way that we set guidelines, we set processes, we set rules that affects behaviors, right? And so when you think about elements like character and fitness questions on uh, bar applications, when you think about uh, modifications to the duty of competence to include wellness as part of the rules of professional conduct, when you think about whether we should be accrediting uh, wellness activities in education as part of continuing legal education credits and accreditation. Those, those are systemic opportunities that bar leaders, I think, can lean into and actually make a real difference uh, if, they're, if they're so inclined. And we would obviously encourage them to do so. We have just a few moments left, but what the big recommendation that we made during the plenary was to leverage iWill. We encourage bar leaders to use iWill as a resource. Bree, Chris, um, in the few moments that we have left, could you tell bar leaders what they could use, um, how iWill can help them be the best leader they can be in the field of well-being? Absolutely. And so iWill, again, stands for the Institute for Well-Being and Law. Um, a national, growing to be an international think tank, and we are all officers on the board of that organization, so I think we're well positioned to make this offer to our listeners. But what we have been doing with states and bar associations and want to do for you as well is to provide consultation free, let me say that again, free consultation <laughs> by, from us to help you decide how to put together a state or regional task force on well-being in your profession. Who needs to be at the table? Um, how do we get them there? What is your goal? What do you want to do? Do you want to do a report? How do you write it? Where do you go? What do you do after that's done? And that's that is a, a journey that we've walked on and been on with many other entities and would love to be able to do that with you as well. Chris, what do you think about that? Yeah, if you're a bar leader and and you have concluded that this is an issue of importance to your members, this is a real opportunity for you to leverage us in terms of building your roadmap, right? And, and I just think that there are, you know, we're thinking about this to make your job and your ability to execute on whatever plan that you ultimately prioritize you know that you have a national resource that can provide you context for best practices for what's worked in one state, maybe hasn't worked in another state. And that 
you know, our, our, our job is to be facilitators in chief of, of this well-being movement. And, and we're certainly embracing that charge. And so I would say if people are interested in that, one thing is go to our website, lawyerwellbeing.net. Um, and then also to reach out to any of the three of us, um, my email is Bree, the easiest one for me to remember, Bree1964 at att.net. And I would love to hear from you guys and let us know how we can help. Yeah, definitely consider the, our website as the, as the welcome mat to well-being activities. Well, this is Robin Wolpert. I am here with Bree Buchanan and Chris Newbold for just a fascinating discussion on how we can create cultural change in the legal profession. We've reached the end of the road for this episode. I want to thank our guests, Chris and Bree, for joining us today. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Please visit ncbp.org to find out more about the National Conference of Bar Presidents. If you like what you've heard, please rate and leave us a review in your favorite podcasting app. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit legaltalknetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Consult a lawyer.